0: Oklahoma State survives a scare from Kansas State as the Cowboys are able to escape Manhattan, Kansas with a 20 to 18 victory over the Wildcats. Iowa State squeaks by Baylor, Oklahoma continues to rise and Texas with the help of the Big 12 officiating crew is able to squeak by West Virginia. Welcome in here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am your host Ryan Gilbert. Today, here on the show, we will be recapping everything we had from this past weekend in the Big 12 Conference, as well as previewing next weekend's matchups, as well as getting into some uh, power rankings, you know, kind of explaining where these teams stand. We'll also be kind of uh, diving into uh, the remaining schedules for each of the, uh, I guess you could say, competing teams for a spot in the Big 12 Championship game. We'll be talking about all that here today on the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at 10 of 12 Podcast. I'd appreciate that very much. You can stay up to date with everything going on around the Big 12, latest updates, predictions, highlights, scores. It's all there on Twitter, at 10of12podcast. But getting right into it here, we've got, I think, the most notable game, um, without a doubt, is the K-State-Oklahoma State game from Saturday. I know it wasn't the prettiest game for either team. Um, I, I know, oh, I, I know Texas-West Virginia was a, a pretty good matchup too. teams that um, had winning records going into that game. I think you can make an argument for maybe the TCU Tech game wasn't too bad. You know, Iowa State Baylor wasn't a bad game either. But uh, we'll start it off here with with K State and, and Oklahoma State in Manhattan, Kansas. Twenty to eighteen, the final. Uh, like I mentioned, Oklahoma State surviving a scare from uh, from the Wildcats. Uh, I don't. There's there's a lot of different avenues we could go with this game. We'll touch on all of them. But I, I think the first one you got to you got to talk about here. Is is Will Howard, and this is kind of the the, the topic, you know, that people are everyone everyone's kind of talking about Will Howard here, and how he is performing. It's been now what four games since he's really been the main man for Kansas State, um, and, and fans are getting frustrated. And I've seen a lot of on on Twitter, I've seen a lot of Will Howard needs to go, he needs to transfer, and I I obviously don't think that's appropriate to say, but you know, there's people who are are getting restless with this quarterback. And if you've listened to the podcast here before, you 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 know that I've been pretty critical of the young man. I've I've been a little harsh at times, even though I don't necessarily mean to be. Um, I I think after this week, though, obviously Will Howard didn't play well. Okay, I think we can all agree on that. I don't to what extent, you know how bad he played. I think we can argue on that, but it doesn't. Will Howard didn't play well. Okay, if he doesn't have that fumble. Um, where you know that gets returned for a touchdown by Oklahoma State. K-State's going to win this game, right? So he had interception late in the game at the end that pretty much iced the game, or I guess you know it did ice the game when K-State had no 10 outs left at that time. Um, Howard didn't play well. I don't think anyone really um, can argue that. He, he could have played a lot better, but how worse could it have been? Um, I think you can you can make an argument here for Will Howard that it, it's it's not all his fault. And I'm I'm kind of having a, a change of heart, so to speak, um, on Mr. Will Howard simply because this team's not good. Okay, the offense is struggling. Um you don't have Skylar Thompson right. you gotta remember Will Howard is not supposed to be starting right now. So if you wanna slam, if you wanna get you know angry at him, you've gotta remember he's a true freshman in one of the best conferences in college football. You know, being thrown into the situation Is not easy at all. So it's not all on Howard. Okay, Um, you've got no—he's got basically no weapons. He's got Deuce Vaughn, who is a weapon. But if you're Mike Gundy, you know, like we saw, if you are Neil Brown last weekend when they played West Virginia, you know, it's not hard to come up with a game plan to stop one weapon that they have in Deuce Vaughn, right? So if you can control him, K-State doesn't really have much going on. They didn't have Riley Moore on Saturday. That's a, a, a big loss. I don't think anyone. Um, was really talking about that as much as they should. I know Oklahoma State didn't, ha- didn't have Tyland Wallace, so that kind of just you, know, you could, you know, K State didn't have Skyler Thompson. You know, everyone's banged up. We could make that argument all day long, but Howard didn't have any weapons, and he, he still doesn't, okay? When you've got to throw the ball, you, we, you know, it's- it speaks for itself when DJ Render is, is playing wide receiver for K State this season. That's kind of all you need to know, okay? Malik Knowles, banged up. He's not been on the same page. As his coaching staff and quarterback, you know, so far this season, you've got Young Blood leaving the program. And not to mention with the wideouts, you've got the offensive line that is really struggling that doesn't necessarily give Will Howard a ton of time to throw. And there's also people that I've seen on my Twitter timeline uh, calling for uh, a firing of Courtney Messingham. Now, do I agree with that? No. but I, I do agree that, you know, some of his calls have been maybe perhaps a little too conservative. Um, a little too shy, timid—you know, whatever the word you want to use there is. But I, I, I agree. I think it's kind of a combination of everything. You know, the, the play calling from the offensive coordinator, right? You know, Messingham hasn't been the prettiest. I don't think he should be fired by any means, but you know, it, it, it hasn't been the best. Okay, it's been—it's—it's it's been a little too soft to try to compete in the Big 12. You've got no wideouts essentially. You've not—not not to mention Sammy Wheeler. You know, he left that game with an injury. Who knows how long he'll be out for? So you've got no wideouts. You've got a pretty bad offensive line. Um, And then you've got Will Howard. So it all comes together. It's not necessarily Will Howard's fault because you've, like I said, he's got no weapons. It's not the wide receiver's fault because they've got a true freshman coming in throwing to them. It's not the offensive line's fault because they're young. You know, K-State lost basically all of that offensive line from last year. You know, you can blame Messingham if you want. Sure, I get that. But I I, I am getting a little frustrated here with people, um, you know, calling for Howard to transfer. I saw a few of those tweets on my timeline. I, I don't Think that's, I think mean, that's—you know, I, I've been quick to, to bash him. I've been very quick to say, yeah, Will Howard needs to be a lot better, and he does, okay? I, I hope that most people can agree that, that Howard needs to be better, okay? If you want to compete, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you're a senior or a freshman, if you want to compete— In the Big 12, you've got to be better than Howard has been, okay? Obviously, you've got probably a longer leash if you're a freshman versus, you know, a senior like Skylar Thompson if he was performing like this this season. But, you know, overall, it's an 11-man team on the offensive side of the football, okay? It's not just Will Howard, and that's it, you know. There's 10 other guys surrounding him, a whole coaching staff. You know, it's not just on Howard. He's doing his best, okay? Obviously, that fumble for the touchdown was just kind of a, a freak play. And then his pick at the end wasn't well. He had a few good throws. You know, he, he hit Sammy Wheeler, um, you know, yards after catch was big on that one. But, you know, he also had that run, what is it, 69-yard run to set up K-State there. So he played fine, and I know I've been critical of him. He does need to be better. But, again, you got to remind yourself it's not all on Will Howard, okay? We'll step away from Will Howard and talk about this game. And I've already kind of touched on a few of the, um, uh, you know, big plays in this game. But Oklahoma State, like I mentioned, they survived in Manhattan. They should not have won this game. Kansas State, um, I don't know if I want to say they were the better team because Oklahoma State obviously won the game. They made those plays um, to win this game. But I, I think that a really, really um, controversial topic that's kind of going around here within the K-State community is Kleiman's play calling to end out the first half. Okay, K-State's going down the field. Um, they're in the red zone. Um, clock's under a minute. I think there was probably 50, 45 seconds left, and K-State's marching down. It's first and goal, and they decide to spike the football. I don't know if this was Howard being a freshman. I don't know if Kleiman told him to do this. And, again, I don't know if this was Messingham, okay? (laughs) If this was Messingham telling him to do it, then maybe I'm a little more um, uh, open to your conversation about um, the issues he's having at coordinator, but not a good call at all. You have one timeout in your back pocket So if you score like Kansas State eventually did, you give Oklahoma State 30 plus seconds to go down the field and get a score before half. They didn't do that. Oklahoma State went and need the ball, which I don't understand at all. They had timeouts with you know I I just don't get it. I really don't get it. But let's go back here. They spike the ball on first down. It's now second and goal. Okay, if you want to spike the ball on third and goal and that clock is running down after you've burned your timeout, I am 100% okay with that because time is then an issue. But when there's 40-some seconds left in the first half, okay, and you've got a timeout and it's first and goal, you do not spike that football. You can let literally 20 seconds run off of that clock and be A-OK. You've got a second down play. If you choose to run it, then you call your timeout, okay? If you pass it and it's not complete, clock stops. It just doesn't make any sense. But then when it gets um, more, um, I don't know if I should say frustrating, but intriguing, the the call for Kleiman after they score that touchdown. So obviously – that decision not spike the football didn't matter at all because they ended up scoring. Even though they left Oklahoma State some time on the clock, they didn't do anything with it. But in the grand scheme of things, it didn't matter. At the time, though, I was livid. I was cursing at my TV. Me and my roommates were watching. I was like, why did they spike the football? That makes zero sense at all. So I'm not trying to bash climbing. That is simply the wrong call. I don't know how else to say it. You do not spike the football in that situation. But you go on to the touchdown they score, you've got the two-point conversion, and they go for it. Okay, at the time, this score was 12-0. to Okay, K-State is up 12-0. to Oklahoma State's offense has not put up a single point here late in the first half in the closing seconds, right? So, in my mind, you take the points. You go up 13-0, you go into the locker room, you continue to punch at it. You know, you're, you, you guys are up by 13 points at home, you, you know, and you've got 30 minutes left of football let's go out and pull off the upset let's just go to the halftime get the point not points I (laughs) get the point because obviously it's a singular point here you you get the point what does K-State do Chris Kleiman goes for two and they don't get it okay and I totally understand here that the ball everything was perfect the the play call the execution the effort everything on that play was perfect Besides, I guess the execution wasn't perfect. They, they, the play was set up well, but the ball was just dropped. So I think it was Brooks. I, somebody dropped the ball in the end zone for K-State. I'm, I'm blanking here. It sh, they should have converted, they Converted, okay? So it should have been 14-0. And if K-State gets this, hindsight's 2020, right? We're not going to be talking about this at all. If they get it, nobody's going to be talking about it at all. Zero. But they didn't. And I know hindsight's 2020. But like I mentioned earlier, 20-18, the final score of that game. So if K-State goes for two, uh, pardon me, I guess if they go for one in the first half, it's 13-0, okay? You get that touchdown in the fourth quarter, guess what? If you get an extra point to tie game. I mean, you, you don't go for two in the first half. I, I really, unless you're Oregon, unless you're trying to do something you know, crazy like that, you just don't leave the points off the board in the first half. You don't, okay? You never know how the score is going to change and flip in the second half, okay? Obviously, if there's a safety or you know, something crazy can happen where that gets knocked off. So I, you never take the points, in my opinion, okay, in the first half. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what the score is. If, even if it's 11-0, you know, 8-7, 6-0, you, you don't take the points. Pardon me. You you don't go for two and you take the points. I want to be clear on that, okay? Also, I, I want to be fair, though. I really do want to be fair because that's kind of my stance on that. You don't go for two. You take the points. But I do want to be fair that K-State should have had the two points, right? They They should have. It was a drop ball in the end zone, and like I said, if they get it, no one says a word about it. I totally get that. So I, if you want to say that they should have went for it because they got it and they should have got it, you're right. You're not wrong at all. You're right. And I can't argue with you on that. I really can't. But they didn't get it. And it ended up losing, potentially losing them the game. Okay, If K-State, hindsight, like I said, is perfectly 2020. if they convert it, we go to overtime essentially, assuming K-State would make an extra point if Blake Lynch could knock it through in the fourth quarter. We're going to go to overtime. Setters, paribus, everything is you know, the same in this game. Um, it's going to be 20-20, to no pun intended, <laughs> you know, with hindsight being 20-20. The score would be 20-20, and we would go to overtime. Okay, K-State, I don't know if they would have won because Oklahoma State clearly had the momentum in this game. They played a lot better in the second half than they did in the first half. But overall, I, I think there's a few, I don't want to say bad calls. I, I, I do. They were bad calls. Okay, to go for it and then to spike the ball as well late in the first half. Um, you, you know, if you disagree with me, that's fine. That's kind of not why I'm. Um, I've got. I've formed some strong opinions here over the past couple of weeks. That's not necessarily what this podcast is um, supposed to be. But I, I, at least if you can take away something from this, I want you to To think about it, go back and watch the replay, the highlight, the full game, whatever it may be, and think for yourself. Okay, do I do I agree with Ryan, or do I disagree with him? And if you disagree with me, that's fine. I'm not saying you have to agree with me. I'm just, you know, I'm kind of raising that issue. If you're not a K-State fan, you're listening to this podcast. You know, this is kind of what happened here. This is what people are talking about within, you know, the K-State community. So, I mean, that's kind of it for the play calling. You know, Howard is not terrible. He needs to be better. There's no doubt about that. But I think it's becoming a lot more more clear here that it's it's not just on Howard, the offensive line, the wideouts, the play calling, and of course Howard. You know, it's all coming together. So it's not just him. Uh, you know, I, I think I talked, I, I touched on it earlier though. But I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Tyler Wallace. Okay, this kind of came out of nowhere. Um, what an hour or two before kickoff, we learned that that Tylan Wallace wasn't going to play in this game, and then of course you've, <laughs> of course you've got Brando here. At the top of the broadcast, you know, oh, where's Tyler Walls? We don't know where he's gonna be. We'll check on that for you. We'll get right back. It's the news has been out for hours, man. Like I just, I'm getting really restless with some of these um, these commentators here. I know it's, it's 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 unprecedented times, and you know things are different. I I totally get it here, uh, but but it's just you know, you've, you've got to do some basic fundamental research and, and find out that Wallace was not going to play. I mean, even Brando mentioned that. That, that that Chuba Hubbard go out and play the slot wideout position. I'm like, what 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 the heck? Like he he's the best running back probably in the Big 12. You, you know, why would you do that? Why would you split him out wide? I just don't get it. I know Brown played well at the running back position as well for the Cowboys, but overall, you know, I, I don't even know what the, the <laughs> I don't even know what the overarching theme of this game is. I think overall speaking um, you know, with a broad brush here, Oklahoma State fortunate to get a win here in Manhattan. Like I said, okay, K State. I think you would love to have this game back, and I know there's you know, some coaches don't believe in moral victories, but y- you know, you you should have beat Oklahoma State. You could be, you could easily be five and one right now in the league if essentially Howard doesn't fumble the ball um, and have that return back for a touchdown. They probably would have won if that didn't happen. Okay probably would have I mean they were at least in field goal range at that point right so they would have went up um, you know who knows what would have happened seriously hindsight's twenty twenty with all these mistakes um, but I think overall Oklahoma State I, I think you've got to kind of start to highlight some of those the struggles they're having okay the loss to Texas right they should have won that game by a lot but there were just some freak turnovers in that game so I thought moving forward you know they're going to be totally fine I mean, that wasn't the case here on Saturday. Oklahoma State didn't necessarily give the ball away. I don't even know if they even had a single turnover. Maybe they did. I could be um, I could be blanking on that, but th- their offense was just crap. You know, Oklahoma State, especially for the first half, they did nothing to get the ball rolling. Second half, they, like I said, they were the better team in the second half of that game. K-State dominated the first half. Oklahoma State dominated the second half of that game. Uh, you know, that's pretty much the story of that game. Um, like, you know, it's 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 cliche to say here, but it's a 60-minute game, and and once that clock hits zero, you know, it, that's who wins the game. And if this game were to go on even longer, K-State probably eventually would have went up um, on the Cowboys, but they didn't. They drop it 20 to 18. Um, and, and like I've been mentioning here, 370 total yards for K-State, which isn't amazing. You know, it's that's, that's pretty <clears throat> average, maybe even mediocre in the Big 12. But Oklahoma State only had 256 total yards. So if if you're a K-State fan here, you're looking at that. That is where you've got to be just livid about how you let this one slip away. Obviously, you've got some games coming up. You've got a bye week, which is very important, but then you've got a game against Iowa State, and then you've got two more games, Baylor and Texas. So, you know, the future of Wildcat football is bright. That's the silver lining here. But overall, you would have loved to have this one back. K State, we're finding out who the real team is. Um, the Big 12 is wide open, man. We'll talk about that later on in the show. But K State's struggling. Oklahoma State's struggling as well. I still like them at number one in my power rankings. Of course, we'll talk about that in the second half of the show. Um, but that, but they've definitely got some issues they need to uh, to be fixing out there in Stillwater. Next game we'll talk about here is West Virginia and Texas, 17 to 13. The Longhorns beat up on the Mountaineers down there in Austin. Um, I, the 100 biggest storyline from this football game was the officiating crew down there in Austin. Okay, if you're a West Virginia fan and you're listening to this, uh, you'll know the the frustration. I, I feel your frustration and pain. Okay, um, everyone was talking about the the fourth and goal play late in the game here um, for West Virginia, um, but I'd be I think there'd be some remiss if you didn't mention um, Neil Brown's. Um, I guess you could say, aggressive play calling. He went for a couple of fourth down plays and didn't get them. Um, So he definitely left some points off the board, but I'm not necessarily disagreeing with those calls because, you know what, you're on the road, you're playing against Texas, you want to get the win. You're not playing there just to keep close, you're playing to win the game. So uh, that's apart from the point here. Um, The the main point here was the the fourth and goal here um, in the final closing minutes of this game. A blatant PI call on Chris Brown of Texas. They don't call it. Um, and that was, everyone's talking about that one on Twitter. You know, everyone is mentioning that call, but there was a couple other notable ones here. I know I know, West Virginia had a touchdown wiped off the board um, in the end zone because the pass was ruled incomplete. It was pretty much a 50 50. You know, if, if, if they want to call it complete or incomplete, I wouldn't. You don't necessarily have too much of an argument be here, but it was call after call after call after call. Texas was getting every single one of them, and if you're a West Virginia fan, you've got definitely a right to be angry about this game. I mean, you know, West Virginia is not a bad football team. I think we're starting to learn that they're going to compete for the you know the remaining what three or four weeks we've left got uh, we've got left here. Um, and, and, you know, in the Big 12 Conference. Texas is is overrated. Again, as always, they're still ranked. It's laughable. Um, they should not have beaten West Virginia, if we're being quite honest here. You know, Daigie had a heck of a day, 317 yards through the air. Um, and, and much uh, as the story goes here, with Kansas State losing a game they should have won, you've got Texas here winning a game that you know, they probably shouldn't have won either. West Virginia put up a fight, um, and they have come up just short here in some of these games. You go back to the Oklahoma State game, where they pretty much you know played better in that game against what against Oklahoma State, and they lost. Um, it was very even. You know, 360 total yards for the Mountaineers, 363 for Texas. You know, Oklahoma State. Pardon me. I guess West Virginia. I should say. Pardon me. Um, 0 for 3 on fourth downs, which is what I was mentioning there. That's the points left off the board. Texas was 0 for 1 as well. Um, but like I said, Jarrett Daigie, of course, deserves some credit for this one. He had you know over 300 yards through the air, a couple touchdowns in there as well. So you know, Dege, I guess he didn't uh, throw for any. But y- you get the point here. West Virginia, it's very similar to this K-State game. They left points off of the board that they really would just love to have back. I don't have a ton else to say about this game here um, other than Texas is still overrated. Um, Even though most people agree they're not good, there's some people out. Like, they're ranked, so it speaks for itself that they're overrated. As for West Virginia, keep your head up. You know, this was a tough loss, but moving forward, I think there is definitely some bright spots for the Mountaineers. Next game we'll talk about here is Westford, pardon me, Baylor and Iowa State. Excuse me, 38-31 as Iowa State squeaks by Baylor. Uh, Baylor got off to a strong start for once in in this game. They were up 21-10 at halftime, 14-0 after the first quarter, which is not something that Baylor fans are used to seeing. They struggled early on against Texas and uh, TCU, respectively, in their previous two games coming into this one. So they came out firing. And I I give them a lot of credit. You know, Brock Purdy threw an interception. uh, Another one, he threw a pick six, you know, a couple possessions later. So Purdy didn't play well. He didn't play pretty, right? You know, Brock Tober's over, this and that, all that. But You know, overall, Iowa State, I I think the same thing kind of goes for Oklahoma State as well. They've got some issues moving forward that they need to get corrected. You go back to last weekend, Iowa State squeaked by Kansas. I know they won that game by 30-some points. I I get that, but, you know, it was not as close as that final score would tell you. So, Iowa State, like I said, they've got to fix some of these issues. And Baylor, I give them credit. I I still think Baylor's down there in the bottom, you know, three teams of the Big 12, I don't think there's much disputing that, but they showed some signs of life. They still only have one win on the season. And I think even if they played what you know, Oklahoma State a couple of weeks back when it got postponed, I think that that one win number would still be the same. I, I think we can all agree on that. But you know they show, they showed signs of life. as for Iowa State, though, you've got to be better than that. You really do. Um, you still you control your own destiny to play in the title game, but you've got to be better than that than you were on Saturday. I think it's interesting here. This was 38-31, and that score was the same, I think with about eight minutes left in this game. So, you know, the scoring was kind of up the whole game, and then eight minutes left, nobody scored after a a Baylor touchdown um, midway through the fourth. So, you know, overall, you know, the the pick six for Purdy isn't pretty. Um, Iowa State continues to struggle. But again, they get a win. But you know, these games are going to get tougher here. You've got, you know, like I mentioned, Iowa State's got a bye week, but then they've got Kansas State in Ames the following week. So, you know, keep an eye out for this this Iowa State team. I think they might be on upset alert, and that's not necessarily me being high on Kansas State. It's me being low on Iowa State. I think that this team um, really might, you know, choke, pull out Matt Campbell here and choke away a win or two down the stretch as these games really do start to matter. They're 5-2 on the season, 5-1 and one in the Big 12 play, um, but I, I think this team's going to start to struggle a little bit unless they can get some of those mistakes corrected. Same thing goes, of course, for the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. Um, last two games here, we'll talk about these ones real quick. There's not much to say about TCU and Tech. 34-18, the final down there in Fort Worth as Texas Christian University beats up on Texas Tech. Um, you know, I don't know really what to say about this game either. I mean, Max Duggan had a heck of a day. He really had the um, the knockout punch there um, in the fourth quarter with a long touchdown run. You know, it was really just kind of one of the, those Madden moves where you hit the, the the stick, the joystick. What is that? I don't even know what you call it. You hit the stick and you go backwards and then it goes whoop, and then he just goes right by and flies to the end zone. Um, and it was pretty. I mean, Max Duggan had a heck of a day, 19 carries, 154 yards, three touchdowns. Um, on the ground, so Duggan played well in TCU. It's been a roller coaster of a season. They were one and three, you know. They had a good you know first win, but then boom, they're going right back down, and then now they're on the come up. They've got two straight wins. They beat Texas Tech, right? TCU. Things are looking um, optimistic here for the Horn Frogs. I don't know how how confident you can you can rely. You know, how confident are you um, in relying on them moving forward to stay consistent? That is the the question here for TCU. I think they can can pull out some wins. They're three and three. They're 500 right now. I'm not saying that they are going to go to the championship game and the Big 12 or anything like that. But you know, if if they continue to play well, I like where that team is heading. Max Duggan is still young in his career. I think his his health issues early on in the season. He's still trying to catch up with those and, and learn the playbook. But most of, you know, more importantly, learning um, sort of the not even learning, but just getting in shape athletically. Um, with your body, you know, getting in physical you know, condition and things of that nature. Um, but overall, you know, Texas Tech, I still I still think Columbia's a good quarterback. But overall, Max Duggan prevailed for a 34-18 win in this game. Last part of this first half of the podcast here, 62-9, the final as Oklahoma beats up on Kansas. Um, really don't know what to say here at all. I mean, who didn't expect this at all. I mean they they covered the spread by what? Uh, I don't know, 12 points because it was like a 38 point spread. So they still covered um by double digits, which is pretty impressive. Oklahoma's on the come up. Kansas is, you know, still there at number 10 in the Big 12. You know, it's 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 a big drop off even after Baylor and Tech, you know, those bottom teams. Then you get to Kansas. It's it's not pretty here. Um they had a couple, you know, positives going. They looked okay versus Iowa State, you know, this and that, but It's right back to square one here after a loss to Oklahoma. Oklahoma was a really good team. This is probably right now. I don't want to say they're the best team. We'll talk about here in the second half, but this is probably as of right now the best team um, in the Big 12. Okay, Iowa State and Oklahoma State only have one loss, right? So they've played better throughout the year. But Oklahoma, everything is clicking, you know, for the Sooners at this point in time. Moving forward, we'll see how they can perform. Um, but they've got a fun game coming up in a few weeks. It'll be Bedlam. You know, we'll talk about that um, in the second half of the show. That pretty much wraps things up here for the first half. Like I said, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, K-State. Oh, pardon me, K-State, the only home team to lose this Saturday in the Big 12 Conference. you got K-State um, losing to Oklahoma State. you got Baylor losing to Iowa State. you got Kansas losing to Oklahoma. You've got West Virginia losing to Texas. And then you've got Texas Tech losing to TCU Um, Like I said, K-State, the only home team to drop a loss on Saturday. Um, It was a fun game. We had, you know, all five of these games were kind of, you know, I think K-State and Oklahoma State, like I mentioned, you know, was the game of the week. But then you had four of the five, you know, games with a ranked team in it. So it was exciting. I'm kind of sad here. We'll talk about it second half of the show. We've only got two games Um Coming up next Saturday, so things are gonna, you know, kind of slow down here for the next couple of weeks, and then the following week after that, you've only got three games, so we'll have plenty to talk, plenty to talk about here though, um, on the second half of the show. Stay tuned. We'll talk about the power rankings. We'll talk where these teams stand. I'll kind of explain why I have the teams ranked where they are. We'll also uh, briefly, re- briefly, excuse me, preview, preview um, the upcoming matchups we've got on Saturday in the Big 12. And then we will also kind of get into, um, you know, like I said, the top half of the league's, um, you know, route, journey, road to uh, the Big 12 championship game down there in Dallas. So we'll talk about that here on the second half of the show. But first, let's take a quick break here on the 10 of 12 podcast. Welcome back in here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am your host, Ryan Gilbert, second out of the show coming your way as we talk some Big 12 Power Rankings. We'll also get into a preview of next weekend's games as well as kind of looking at these teams um, and their paths to the Big 12 Championship game moving forward with their remaining um, opponents on their schedules. But before we do that, we'll get into um, the Big 12 Power Rankings here, the 10 of 12 top 10 as we like to call them here. Um, Oklahoma State, like I mentioned earlier, okay, they're still going to be up there at number one. Uh, I, I don't know um, if there's much dispute to this. And I know I said they've had their struggles. They have struggled against Kansas State on Saturday. They struggled against um, you know Texas the week before. They struggled against West Virginia early on. Heck, they even you know they struggled against Tulsa, you know, in their first game of the season. So this team is far from perfect. But I think if you look at um, which team can have a higher ceiling moving forward. You know, we're, we're we're looking at Oklahoma State and Iowa State here, the two one-loss teams. I, you know, I, I think that probably Oklahoma State has a higher ceiling than the Cyclones. Um, you know, they've obviously struggled, like I mentioned, but I think that if they get those kind of miscues, uh, you know, corrected, so to speak, right, they've got a really good team. If Talon Wallace can play, that's a better team, right? If If, if Spencer Sanders gets an off week, which he does now, and then gets you know more playbook gets everything coming together here. I like Oklahoma State um, up there at the number one spot because they've got a higher ceiling than probably most other teams around the conference besides Oklahoma, um, and that's a nice segue into number two. I like Oklahoma here um, above Iowa State. I think Iowa State's uh, you know loss. I guess they didn't lose on Saturday, but they almost did, right? So. That win on Saturday, I know they won the football game, and I know that they've beaten Oklahoma. Um, it, I, I still like the Sooners here at number 2. If they're going to play any team in the conference today, I like the Sooners. I don't think they lose to anybody. I think they're going to run the table for the rest of the conference. Can they slip into the championship game? If they do that, then I think it's a yes because that would include a win over Oklahoma State. Um, So Oklahoma's playing really good football down there in Norman. I like them at number 2. They're on the rise, um, and they're going to bump back Iowa State a spot to number 3 as as that's where I've got the Cyclones here at this point in time. Um, It was another struggling performance for the Cyclones. You know, they struggled against Baylor here on Saturday. They struggled against Kansas, um, you know, the week prior in Lawrence. So I think Iowa State's down there at number three. It's close to have them at number two. I'll listen to your argument all day long because they beat Oklahoma head-to-head and have a better record than the Sooners. But overall, I still think Oklahoma's the better team than Iowa State. We're kind of figuring out who these teams are as we kind of evolve into this season. And I think Iowa State's three, Oklahoma's two, Oklahoma State's number one. I mean, I wanted to put Oklahoma at number one, but you know, like I said, they've Oklahoma State's only lost once, and they've got a lot of potential left. I think they can still unleash moving forward in Big 12 play. Number four, I like Kansas State here. This is unchanged from last week. Um, you know, like I said earlier in the first half of the show, they would love to have this game back from Saturday, but at the same time, you you do have a freshman quarterback in there. He did make the mistakes, right? So, uh, as much as I would love to, you know, give them a bump up here to number you know three and, and, and pass Iowa State here. I think K-State's still down there at number four, Um, really the worst of the best at this point in time. I don't want to compare them to the worst because they're better, way better than the best of the worst would be, but I think right now, I think there's a pretty uh, significant drop-off between Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and perhaps Iowa State, okay? There's a drop-off, and I know if you watch that game on Saturday, it was close, but at the same time, Oklahoma State matters, you know, a matter of hours before the kickoff they go without Tyler Wallace. Um, you know, I think Oklahoma State played a better game in the second half, like I mentioned. So, K-State's here at number four. I know you could make an argument to bump them up a little bit, but also if you're maybe a Texas fan, so to speak, you could, you know, make your argument to bring them down number to, to number five. So, uh, I like Texas, like I said, at number five. Um, they should have lost to West Virginia, like I mentioned in in the first half. But uh, I mean, they're they're pretty much best of the worst, worst of the best, whatever you want to call them. They're Texas. They're overrated. I like them at number five. I, you know, not much else to say about the Longhorns. Number six, I like West Virginia, and I actually have them jumping TCU um, in this week's rankings. And this comes maybe as a little bit of a surprise. Texas Tech um, lost to TCU. You know, West Virginia losing a game to to Texas. So a, a loss shouldn't usually jump you up a spot, even especially after the way TCU played on Saturday. It's hard to drop down a spot, but really if you look at it, West Virginia, they're consistently playing at a high level in the Big Twelve. Okay. They beat K State by a couple, you know, three or four touchdowns, right? And then they should have beat Texas on the road. So I like West Virginia. I really do. I'm sorry if you're a TCU fan. They they jumped the Horn Frogs here by a spot. So that brings TCU back down to number seven, okay? It's it's really simply because of West Virginia's um, positive you know, signs that they've shown me. It's not necessarily that TCU's playing bad because they're playing fine. It's just West Virginia's really starting to play some good football out there in Morgantown. And guess what? You've got a fun game here coming up on Saturday. We'll talk about it here in just a moment. West Virginia hosting TCU 11 a.m. on Fox. So it should be a, a nice battle for, <laughs> you know, sixth place uh, within the Big 12 Conference. Moving down here, number eight, Texas Tech. Um, I don't know. You've got Baylor at nine and then KU at 10. I don't know if you can maybe make an argument for one of those teams or another, but those bottom three teams are kind of just down there at the bottom in their own little league. I know KU at number 10 is, you know, miles below everyone else, no pun intended, but, uh, you know, you can make an argument for Texas Tech or Baylor being flip flopped here, but I like the Red Raiders up at number eight and the Baylor Baylor Bears down there at number nine. So those are kind of the power rankings. Um, That's kind of why I have the teams ranked where they are um, at this point in time. Uh, move back up here, the line back up the line here. KU at number 10, Baylor at number 9, Texas Tech at number 8. I like TCU at number 7, West Virginia at 6, Texas at 5, K State at 4, Iowa State at 3, Oklahoma at 2, and Oklahoma State at numero uno. Um, in 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 this point in time here within the Big 12 Conference. So, next thing we'll get into here, we'll talk about sort of this next weekend's games. We've only got two games, so this will be pretty brief here. Um, you've got two games, of course, like I mentioned, TCU traveling out west, pardon me, out east to to Morgantown, 11, an eleven am kickoff on Fox. This one should be fun. um i I genuinely do mean that. I don't I, I kind of use that as a filler sometimes or say, oh, this will be a good game. that'll be a good game. but no, this will be a very competitive game. These are two teams that are very similar um, as far as kind of their skill levels go. I know Gary Patterson's had a little bit longer of a tenure than, you know Neil Brown a lot longer, but you know it'll be a good game. These are two very even teams. Like I said, it was hard to you know for me to, to have West Virginia dump jump TCU because they're playing pretty evenly. But West Virginia is at home; they're only favored by three points. I like the Mountaineers here in this football game um, to cover that spread as well. You know they're playing at home. Last time we saw them at home, they beat out. Pardon me, they blew out Kansas State, so they had their struggles. You know West Virginia barely beat Baylor. You know, they barely were able to beat, uh, you know, KU. I wouldn't say barely, but, you know, they struggled at home. But I think they're really starting to play their best football of the season. This squad is going to be fired up after that game against Texas that they quite honestly should have won. So I like West Virginia here to cover that three-point spread. And then you've got one of the worst games um, (laughs) uh, in in the season here, Baylor at Texas Tech, 3 o'clock on FS1. Tech is only favored by a point and a half. I like the Red Raiders all day long on that pick. Uh, Baylor's, like I said, they've been struggling. They've, they've shown some positive signs here, but I think Texas Tech is the safe option here, only be, being favored by a point and a half. Um, you know, keep in mind, we're recording these on Monday afternoon, so those are subject to change. But, uh, you know, Columbia, you know, Brewer, that's what you're looking out for. Not much else to say about that game. There's really not... Um, Will it be entertaining? Maybe. Sure. I'll be watching it because there's no other Big 12 games on at the same time. But let's be real. It's Baylor. It's Texas Tech. We'll see what happens. Okay. That kind of wraps things up here for a preview of next week's games. I I really don't want to try to make them sound exciting because let's be honest, they're not. Texas Tech, Baylor, West Virginia, TCU, those are not the most exciting teams in the Big 12. It's still Big 12 football, though. It's league. It's conference play here. Should be I, I mean it, though. The West, the West Virginia TCU game will be a good one out there in Morgantown. Um, last thing that I do kind of want to touch on here um, and talk about, I, I think these five teams that have a chance to to make the Big 12 championship game, okay? Um, it's Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Oklahoma, Texas, and Kansas State, right? And I think it kind of goes in that order um, based off of how the standings look. Like I said, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas State. Um, but, but based on how they've been playing, I think you've got to put Oklahoma up there and then probably Oklahoma State, right? But w- let's go ahead and, and talk about where these teams stand, okay? Um, we'll get into their schedules here in just a second. But w- w- like I mentioned with Oklahoma State, they've been struggling. There's no doubt about that. Um, but they've got, in my mind, um, they haven't reached their ceiling yet this season, so I'm still optimistic for the Cowboys to make a, at least a share um, in that Big 12 championship game, whether it be against Oklahoma or Iowa State, Texas, K-State, who knows. Um, I think Oklahoma State's in a good position. Okay, Iowa State, I don't think they're in that good of a position based off of the way they've been playing the last couple of weeks. October is over. You know, they've been struggling. I don't necessarily have much confidence in the Cyclones moving forward. Oklahoma, I've mentioned it here a few times. I like them a lot because they're playing some really good football down there in Norman, Texas. They're overrated, but hey, they're four and two. So I mean, we'll give them a chance, sure. Um, We'll see what they can do over their last, you know, their last three games. But I don't love their chances, but they're four and two. We've got to talk about them. You know, it's like the the someone who you you know they're not going to do anything, but you've got to talk about them because you know there is a chance. So. They're 4-2, there's a chance, and, and same thing here, kind of goes for Kansas State as well. I don't see them doing much moving forward, but they are 4-2, and, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the Wildcats as well, simply because they they have a, a viable path to, you know, the championship game, so uh, it, should be, it should be interesting to see how these teams kind of play out here. Um, we'll talk about Oklahoma State here. They've got a game at Oklahoma, and then you've got a game versus Texas Tech, a game at Baylor. I guess the game at TCU comes before Baylor, so let me go through that one more time here. You've got at Oklahoma, versus Tech, at TCU, and then at Baylor, and that Baylor game should have already happened earlier in the season, but of course it didn't with the COVID cancellations. With, Bay- with you know, Baylor's finally gotten that straightened out, surprisingly, but uh, y- you know, you've got winnable games there, and then you've got games that are, you know, specifically that Oklahoma game that I'm, I'm a little iffy on if I'm an Oklahoma State fan. So you've got four games still left on your schedule. You've got a lot of football left to be played if you are Oklahoma State. Um, as for Iowa State here, you've got K-State in Ames, you've got a road game at Texas, and then you've got a home game against West Virginia. So you've only got three games left and not an easy schedule by any means for Iowa State. It's not the hardest, but you've got three teams who are very decent in Kansas State, Texas, and West Virginia. And then you've got Oklahoma here. You've got Bedlam at home against Oklahoma State. You've got a road game at West Virginia. And then you've got a home game against Baylor. I, you know, that's pretty favorable, I think, if you're Oklahoma. I think they can probably run the table based off of how they've been playing. Um, you've got Texas here at 4 two. They've got a road game at Kansas, and then you've got a home game against Iowa State, and then a road game at Kansas State. And keep in mind, Texas is the only uh, team left here in the top half of the standings that still gets to Kansas. So they have one, they're have they pretty much the only team here that has one free win on their schedule. I, I, I know a Baylor game, or maybe a, a Tech game, or a TCU game, or a West Virginia game, you're probably thinking, yeah, we'll win this game, but though, you know, no game is safe in the Big 12. Other than that Kansas game. So Texas has at least you know one win. We can write them uh, down in here at five and two because they play Kansas following that bye week um, on Saturday. So Texas, again, we'll see what happens, but those are not the best games, but you know, they've got a chance here. We'll see what they can do. And then last but not least here, you've got Kansas State who goes up to Ames, you've got a road game at Iowa State, and then you've got Baylor on the road, and then you've got Texas at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. So that's, again, not a a favorable schedule for Kansas State. I'm not optimistic if I'm Chris Kleiman. I'm not optimistic if I am, you know, Texas. I'm not optimistic if I'm I'm even Iowa State for that matter. So it should be fun. It should be a lot of fun to uh, see where these teams do end up. You know, we've got most cases three games left. You know, Oklahoma State, of course, has four. Um, but it should be a lot of fun here to follow these teams and really, you know, no game is safe here. I would, I would, I would assume that Oklahoma can, can, can continue to play well. I would assume Oklahoma state's going to, you know, correct those mistakes. You know, I'm, as of right now, I'm assuming that Kansas state and Texas are going to continue to struggle in Iowa State for that matter as well. But you never know. This is the Big 12, and, and no game is safe here. So, uh, you know, if I had to kind of predict these games here, um, let's take a look here. We'll start it off with Oklahoma State. Uh, I, I Unfortunately, if you're a Cowboy fan, I think you'll lose that game to Oklahoma just because Oklahoma's playing just so well. But then you've got three very winnable games there against Texas Tech, TCU, and Baylor. So I, I think they win those last three games, but I ultimately think that they drop that game against Oklahoma. So I'm going to have Oklahoma State here going 7-2 and two, um, to finish out conference play. Um, that's assuming they beat Oklahoma, pardon me, lose to Oklahoma, and then you beat those remaining three, you know, winnable, pretty, pretty winnable games there for Mike Gundy and his, uh, you know, his Cowboys. Uh, next team here, like I said, Iowa State. They've got K-State, Texas, and West Virginia. I think Iowa State's going to squeak out a win against Kansas State just because that team really is struggling. But other than that, other than that <clears throat> I think <clears throat> excuse me, they're going to go on the road and lose a game at Texas. And then they've got West Virginia at home, who Iowa State fans are probably going to be pretty confident in. But I think they're going to drop the last two games of the season. I think they're going to end up at 6-3 and three, um, and lose two in a row to end out the season. And then you've got Oklahoma. Of course, I mentioned they're going to beat Oklahoma State. I think they beat West Virginia. And I think they beat Baylor. I think Oklahoma is going to be... Did I say Oklahoma? Or Oklahoma here. They've got, a, they've got Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and Baylor. I think they go 7-2. and two. They win out the remainder of their games um, and, and improve to 7-2 and, and and rattle off seven wins in a row in the Big 12 Conference. As for Texas, I think, of course, they beat Kansas. Um, I, I, like I said, they beat Iowa State. And then I think Texas beats Kansas state as well. So you've got here, now you've got a seven and two Texas team as well. And I don't even think Texas is that good. I really don't. But I think that they, like I said, of course they beat Kansas. That Texas game is in Austin against the Iowa state, Texas game. That's in Austin. So I think they can win that, that one. And everyone talks about, you know, the cold game in December in Manhattan. It's tough for the, you know, the warm weather teams going up there. I still think Texas gets the win here. Um, in December against Kansas state. So I think they're going to be seven and two as well. As for Kansas state, I think they drop games to Iowa state and Texas. Like I mentioned here, I think the only game they do win moving forward is against Baylor. So I think Kansas state's probably going to be five and four when it's all said and done. So that leaves a little bit of a, um, a cluster <laughs> up here at the top of the big 12. You've got Oklahoma state, Oklahoma and Texas all up at seven and two. So as for right now, we can kiss Iowa State and K-State goodbye. Uh, These, of course, are my just, you know, I'm just predicting here. I'm honestly just kind of having fun with this, kind of trying to analyze what's going to happen moving forward. But you would have a logjam there at the top. Now who would get in? I believe it would be uh, Texas and Oklahoma, actually. So I I, I could be totally wrong here. Um, I'm not the best at this tiebreaker sort of thing, but Oklahoma... Um, if Texas and Oklahoma State and Oklahoma all have the same record, Oklahoma's only losses are to Iowa State and K-State, which essentially don't matter, right? Head-to-head, they beat Oklahoma State, and they beat Texas. So they're in. They're 2-0 and against you know those teams that are tied, right? So Oklahoma's in. Oklahoma State, however, they lose to Texas head-to-head, right, in Stillwater, and then they lose Bedlam against Oklahoma. So that leaves you with Texas, who— Um, against those two teams in the top half. Of course, they lose to Oklahoma. I guess not the top half. The final three teams, um, you know, left for me. Of course, they lose to Oklahoma in the Red River Showdown, but they beat Oklahoma State on the road, and they actually um, beat out Oklahoma State here um, and and move into the Big 12 championship game, right? So the odds of this actually happening... um, I think, are next to zero. I don't think Texas is going to have a chance to get in. I I really don't. But when I look at it, I think they're going to beat Kansas, right? They're going to beat Iowa State at home. That's what I believe. And I think they're going to knock off a win at Kansas State. I think the Kansas State win is unlikely, right? Most people are going to be saying K-State's a favorite in this game. Texas, the cold weather, you know, going up north. Everyone's going to be saying that, right? And the Vegas odds are going to shift more and more towards Kansas State, I think Texas is somehow going to squeak in here. And I know I've been critical of them here um, the entire you know show. But, ba- again, don't get me wrong here. I 100 million percent in my heart, I don't believe Texas is going to, um, um, you know, the Big 12 championship game. I don't believe that at all. I, I really don't. But I, I just have it all in front of me here. I just picked a game, um, the results of every game moving forward for these top five teams— and in my mind, I think Texas. If 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 they're all correct, which guess what, they're not, because I, because <laughs> I'm never right. You know, I, I, my picks are always wrong. It seems like. But if these were to happen, and these were these are what I believe, right? If these happen, it's going to be Oklahoma and Texas. And again, I could be wrong on the, the tiebreaker thing because I'm not an expert on how that works. But I, I believe I'm correct that you know Texas already beat Oklahoma State. So they have the tiebreaker over them, and then of course Oklahoma beat Texas and Oklahoma State, according to my prediction. If you know uh, Bedlam goes the Sooners' way, right? So I, we'll see what happens here, but I think it's it's seven and two for uh, Texas, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State, and then six and three for Iowa State, and then five and three, uh, pardon me, five and four for Kansas State. So I th- of course this is not going to happen. There's, there's no way in hell and in God's earth that this is going to happen, right there, There's no way because I'm wrong, but if I had to, like I said, if I had to pick every single one of these games moving forward, all three except for Oklahoma State, you got four games, right? I think it's Oklahoma and Texas. That's according to my calculations, it's going to be Oklahoma and Texas, a rematch of the big uh, of, 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 of the Red River showdown that we had. The classic, an instant classic, a great game. Um, And and quite honestly, the Big 12 would love this. The Big 12 officiating would love this. You know, this brings a lot more attention to a Big 12 championship game. You know, think about if it's Kansas State, Iowa State. No one wants to watch that, right? So if it's Oklahoma and Texas, I think the Big 12 is going to be very happy. Like I mentioned, last time here I'll say it, I don't think this is actually going to happen. If I had to predict it right now, I would probably say Oklahoma, Oklahoma State are going to be the two teams competing Um, in the Big 12 championship game, I think Oklahoma is a lock. Oklahoma is a lock. They're going to make it there. I think Oklahoma State's going to squeak in, but that's going to have – you're going to – I think you're going to need to rely on Texas losing some games because I think Oklahoma State, after losing to Oklahoma, they're going to be able to beat Texas Tech. They're going to be able to beat TCU, and they'll beat Baylor, right? I'm assuming that. If that happens, you still need Texas to lose a game – Either Iowa State or Kansas State, and in my mind, I don't think they do. I think Texas somehow wins those games. Of course, I, I know I'm wrong. I, I, I know I'm wrong. I know it. Heck, even Kansas might beat Texas. Who knows? They did it a few years ago. They should have beat them last year on the, you know, last-second field goals with the Longhorns needed to beat Kansas. So we'll see what happens here. Um, pure speculation on my part. Um, like I mentioned, these are going to be totally wrong. But according to my picks, I think it's going to be. Oklahoma State, pardon me, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State getting knocked out, and then Oklahoma and Texas taking a spot in the Big 12 championship game here. I think Oklahoma, of course, blows them out of the water, but then if they go to the playoffs, they get embarrassed, which they're not going to go. They've got two losses, but uh, that's pretty much pretty much wraps up the show here. Um, I, I of course I'm wrong. I know I am wrong. I don't want to try to say that this is going to happen because it's not. This is not going to happen. It's not going to be Texas, Oklahoma which now that I keep saying this, it's probably going to happen. But, you know, these are just based off of my picks Um, moving forward. Please don't quote me on these. Please don't hate me for picking against Kansas State. You know, obviously it's a home game in December against a warm-weather team. I totally get that. But we'll see what happens um, throughout the rest of the season. Enjoy your bye week unless you are um, Texas Tech, Baylor, West Virginia, or TCU. Um, Enjoy that off week. Enjoy your time away from the stresses of football. And I look forward to uh, to next week, and we'll, we'll talk about those games, and then we'll also be previewing another uh, three games of football on next week's show. Maybe we'll talk about an upset or two. Um, we'll find out what happens here, but I appreciate you spending part of your day listening to this episode of the 10 of 12 podcast.